On the cover, Piero stands outside an abandoned house, the windows boarded over and the door slightly off its hinge, staring at their cell phone. In the sky above, we can see the faces of Horace sipping a cup of tea, the brosciples Rick and Montel looking concerned at each other, Piero's father looking angry and sad, and Olivia Larange determined. To Piero's left, we see a white van where a squat, balding man hawks mysterious masks, and to their right, a department store mannequin covered in hastily sharpied black spots. Issue 23, Conversations. Okay, and we are back to part two of our series of one-shots, this one featuring Piro. Hello. <laughs> you sound so excited. I'm very excited, actually. <laughs> so the last thing, and we're going to pick up this particular episode. Mm -hmm. So the last thing that happened was the kind of confrontation, not really a fight, but, you know, confrontation uh, with Frederick and Furnace in the abandoned Apex City Mall yep. that canonically exists across from Apex City University. Yep. yep. And during that fight, a couple of things happened. Notably, I think this is the first time that this particular team has been uh, hit with a really hard no-win kind of situation. Yeah. And it affects everyone. Um, the, the panels that we get directly after this are... Basically, everyone, except for William, obviously, sort of exiting the small and drifting off in their own separate directions. So, Piro, in the direct aftermath of this, where does Piro go? Because I think Piro's life has been turned upside down in a couple of ways now. So, I don't think... I think they would just go home, honestly. Like, just go back to the house that also, they shared with William. Also, that house just kind of got... Oh, uh, did it? That was the one that got attacked. Yeah, oh, so... Dang. I mean, okay. you can go back there. It's, yeah. Is that where you would go? No. Let's go to a new house. We find another yellow house. So you're to just going to wander for a while to yeah. find another yellow yeah. house. Yeah. Just be like, all right, time to find a new place to squat. Okay. That's fine. Um, so I think I think we get that kind of Piro just wandering through uh, maybe rundown neighborhoods and, you know, past a bunch of signs <laughs> that have, like, the big um, chain link fences with, like, construction signs on them. And it's like in Furnace Corp. Sure, sure. Yeah, of course. Let's <laughs> because just, yeah. why would it not be? There's a warehouse with like the Heron Group logo on it. Mm -hmm. Are you specifically looking for a yellow house? No, no. Just <laughs> just memeing a little bit here. <laughs> just memeing a little bit. Uh, yeah, here. any house will do. Any realistically. house is yellow. Yeah. Sure. Eventually you come across one that's got, you know, boarded up windows. Mm -hmm. uh, the door is kind of like half off the hinge. Looks like it's seen better days. Uh, the yard obviously has not been upkept in a while. A while. So I think you find yourself nice. uh, a, at least a place for now, maybe not forever, mm -hmm. has historically been the case for Piero. Yes. <laughs> yes. In fact. And what do you do at that point? Um, so I think that the first thing they would do is try to do some sort of mime uh, stuff to make it a little more homey. Such as? Maybe, like, mime a little tea kettle and, like, put it on the thing. Make yourself some imaginary Make tea. Make some imaginary tea. The tea that I most desire. <laughs> um, and I think this would be really fun because for a very long time they had someone to draw mm -hmm. their powers off of. And now you don't. And now I don't. So yeah. I think that maybe that mimed tea doesn't taste as good doesn't, or something like really that. It hit the spot. It's noticeable. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that's kind of... Um, 
apparent on the page, mm-hmm. like just facial expressions. Right. Obviously, like Piero takes like a drink of tea and just like makes a, a funny face at it. Mm-hmm. That night kind of goes. Mm-hmm. The next morning, uh, I think you wake up um, to the sound of probably a police siren. Great. Because this is not a great neighborhood in yeah, which you live now. Good start to the day. Great start to the day. And as you do, I want to kind of move into a flashback. Sure. Because Piero does flashbacks. Yay! Love them. They're always so fun. <laughs> so it's actually uh, you and your parents. Okay. And I think you're out somewhere. What What's a fun family activity that the Morris family would do? Oh, for what? A theater professor and a history professor? Just any fun family activity. Any fun family activity. Uh, Let's go with the zoo. They're going to the Apex City Zoo. Cool. Uh, You're going to the zoo, and they have a new uh, meta-animals exhibit. Meta-animals. Meta-animals. So animals with superpowers. Oh, 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 Uh, interesting. Animals with adaptations uh, outside the norm. Interesting. I think there's a crab with human legs. Oh, that's terrifying. (laughs) Just like six little human legs. Oh my god. (laughs) But no pincers? No, regular, like, regular oh, crab regular pincers. Regular crab pincers, but, but just... But just, like, instead of crab legs, human legs. Wow. Oh, I hate that. And, it sh- and, it's, and it's got, like, a little a little enclosure where it can, like, scurry up things uh... and grab onto them if it's terrible. <laughs> and, like, do, like, normal primate things with its crab legs. <laughs> it's crab legs. Do the legs have, like... Don't, don't crabs have, like, blue blood? Yes. Would the legs have blue blood? I think so. Would that be noticeable from the outside? Probably. That's very scary. It's probably like crab colored. All right. I'm okay. All right. Let's move on to the next animal <laughs> before I give myself more nightmares. <laughs> Crabomination. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's all I got for that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's a deer with uh, human level intellect, and it's actually doing taxes. Oh my god! Good for him. <laughs> it's just sitting behind a desk. Is he getting paid, or is this slave labor? I think he's probably getting paid. Like ten percent. I think like normal tax attorney normal rates. Normal tax attorney rates. Yeah. How? All right. Okay. Just, just you lives know, at the zoo because like it's that, still a deer. That's convenient, you know. Yeah. And there's people who probably need their taxes done at the zoo. Probably. Go to the zoo. Get probably, your taxes probably doing done. the zoo's taxes. Is that? Is that okay? Is that all right for that deer to do? Uh, well, he's not an employee of the zoo. He just lives at the zoo. Okay. All right. Okay. So, you know, I don't know like anything about taxes. taxes. I don't know anything about taxes or being an adult. It's like so. if you're living in an apartment and you're a tax attorney and your apartment landlord is like, hey, can you do my taxes? See, that seems that seems shady. And if I was an attorney, I would not do and that. And you'd be like, yeah, you pay me my normal tax rates. That's fair. All right. right. Well, that deer, as long as that deer is, you know, not being exploited. His name is Edgar. Edgar the deer. Edgar the deer. Does he have a last name? No, no just, <laughs> just Edgar the deer. I mean, he's the only deer, so I the only tax deer that Ed, I have Edgar the tax deer. Nice. And so as you are uh, walking through these exhibits, uh, there is, as there occasionally is in Apex City, a loud explosion. Oh. This is a kind of B-list supervillain. Okay. Uh, called the Conservationist. The Conservationist. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the Conservationist has beliefs that while they are not bad mm-hmm. it's kind of like kangaroo jack where good goals bad follow through <laughs> these so, poor apex city villains just those two really. they're just misunderstood um no. <laughs> most of them are just bad 
The conservationist is not one of those. So the conservationist is, you know, all about animal rights, animal welfare. Sure. Like, you can't lock a gorilla in a cage. It was meant to be free, so I'm going to let it loose in the streets of Apex City. In the, in the yeah. What I, how I play Zoo Tycoon. That's, yes. <laughs> that's going to solve the problem. What is Piro's first instinct here? Because For the your parents, explosion or the villain? Both, really, because there's the one and then the other in very quick succession. Mm. Um, and your parents at this point are obviously trying to, like, run away. What is Piro doing? Oh, or I guess Mew at this point. Oh, yeah, P- Mew. Yeah. Wow. Wow, that's been a while. Mew probably would try to stay with their parents. That's what, what I feel. Okay. What I feel there. Okay. Yeah. So they're sort of, like, you know, pulling you along and you're going along with... Yeah. And you can hear behind you, like, the, the mad cackling of the conservationist, <laughs> uh, you know, and, like, the, the sound of, like, tearing metal as he's, like, ripping, you know... Uh, bars apart and uh, you know getting animals out of here. Does he get in like a verbal altercation with the with Edgar the tax deer? That's a great question. I guess we'll never know <laughs> because I think that's where we come back out of this particular flashback. Sure. And sitting on your counter, having a cup of imaginary tea as you've been kind of lost in your in your own dream world mm-hmm. is Horace. Oh yay! Just who I wanted to see. Well, I mean, she's in your house. Okay, well, I guess I, I guess <laughs> so, Horace probably wants to talk to me you, then. You you do what you want. <laughs> Horace is in your house drinking your imaginary tea. Oh, I was going to offer her some, so that saves me a step there. Hello, Horace. Hello. I don't I don't know where to go, how to start this here at all. So, uh, there you go. I was just going to let you ramble until you wore yourself out. <laughs> longer than I thought it was going to. Uh, so I guess I'm gonna, uh, Pierre's gonna sit down and, uh, drink their tea and be like, sorry, it's not as good as it normally is. And then we're gonna be like, what do you know, Horace? What's, what do you know about what's going on? Yeah, that's kind of why I came here. Mm-hmm. So things are happening pretty quickly now. Mm-hmm. Remember that, uh, group of people that I, uh, took to find, uh, places to kind of hang out out of the way where they wouldn't be... Touching near everything. other people, touch another. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I remember their names. Yeah, they're gone. Oh no! Oh, that's bad. Okay, so you're not here for other reasons. You're just here for. I'm the- here for you reasons. What other reasons are there? Uh, Horace or not Horace? You're Horace. Uh, William just got. We just we just really all just got kicked in the butt by William's dad. So uh, William's with his dad now. And, uh, I don't know really what to do anymore. So I was hoping maybe you knew a little bit about, uh, what to do here. And she just kind of pauses. That's heavy. Uh, yeah. So I guess, uh, can you tell me a little bit about that coin? Like, as much information as you know? Because he used that, and I would like to know maybe that. It's not really that big a thing. It just switches you bodies with someone else that's what he asked for okay is there anything that we could use to talk to him Mm. no not me cell phone maybe cell phone i guess that's fair is there a way for me to combat this little spotty dude that i'm pointing to on my hand right now (laughs) (sighs) that's actually more along the lines of why i came here today oh boy and she um puts her imaginary cup of tea on the counter there and just kind of hops off of it. I don't really... I think we went over this last time we talked. Mm-hmm. I don't really fix things. <laughs> I more end things. Okay. I can't fix that. All right. That's good to know. That's fun. If it gets to a point, I can end it. But honestly, that's not really what I want to jump to. Aw, Horace! 
It's not that I like you. Aw, Horace. <laughs> okay. Well, do you know do you know anything else about about this? Have you like been around this before? I mean, we've been over what I know about your your friend, mm-hmm. your mannequin friend. Real bad. Real bad. In the city now. Real bad. Teeth man in the city, yes. And I'm kind of hoping, because that's a problem that I very much feel like ending, <laughs> that you can help me find it. Uh, maybe. He's kind of found me before. I've never had to look for him. Well, this will be an education then, won't it? Yeah. Yeah. And she reaches back over and grabs her tea. I'm not going to force you into anything, okay? If it's not something you want to do, if it's not something you're comfortable doing, fine. I got other methods. No, I'll do it. I'll, I'll do whatever, honestly. Uh, I have a friend who he's trying to get me to find, and I don't really know why there's such a problem for him, and I'm kind of trying to take him down a little bit. Well, yeah. if your friend is a problem for him, sounds like your friend might be uh, good for us. Yeah, uh, they're not the best. Not, I don't know. They're scary. They're a little scary sometimes. I've got a space god living in my head that tells me to burn everything. Wow. So, relative. Um, okay. So, uh, I would like to ask my mask some questions. Can I do that in front of Horus? That's up to you. Um, I really just want to ask him the same questions that I asked Horus about the teeth guy. This is kind of using your, um... My, my doom Using your sanctuary. My sanctuary. Dang. So... Let's go ahead and use your sanctuary. Let's talk about your sanctuary. First off, your sanctuary, what is its qualities? Aid or assistant, healing equipment, meditation space. All right. So when you call upon the resources of your sanctuary to solve a problem, you say what you want to do, and I'll give you one to four conditions. Mm -hmm. So it kind of depends on how closely it hews to those things. Sure. Right? So you're wanting to ask a question, which, depending on the question, I could see that in, like, aid or assistant. Yeah. So let's phrase a question. Why is... No. Okay. Okay. So I have three questions written down that I want to ask, but I don't know which one is the most beneficial here. Uh, I guess has my mask run into the playwright before would be a good, a, a nice little starting point. Sure. Are you doing this in front of Horace? Yeah, why not? Just okay. might as well. And what does this look like on the page? Pulling it out? Yeah. Or are you... Pulling it out and maybe like holding it and like looking at it and being like... What do you know about this teeth dude? You know what? I think the only thing that I'm going to require from this is that you're going to have to mark your doom sign. Okay. Or mark your, your doom my, track. My doom track. Yeah. That's fine. Everything's fine. So you ask if your mask has ever encountered this guy before. Mm-hmm. And rather than answering, it starts to glow. So remember when it uh, kind of absorbed Hex's uh, magic? Or yes. Man? Yes. And yeah. Kind of like that. And it gets to this very bright, like, purple sort of glow. And you and Horace find yourself somewhere very, very different. Oh, no. So imagine Piro waking up or kind of coming to on the street and just realizing that this is not where they are from. This is not when they are from. This is not familiar at all. They're not in Kansas anymore. You're not in Kansas anymore. <laughs> You're in an alleyway. Okay. Uh, which has been a running theme yes. with you. There's sort of a dense fog along the ground. Mm -hmm. Everything smells vaguely of fish. And you think you're on a dock somewhere. Okay. And you can see... Yeah. And you can see down the street Mm -hmm. a cart that's being pulled by, you know, a couple of donkeys. 
And in the back of it is this elaborate setup of masks. And kind of sitting on a little stoop in front of it, you know, calling out to people along the streets is someone that you've seen before. Oh, no. So way back in the day, Piro took a mask out of the back of a van. Yes. From a kind of squat, fairly ugly, balding man who looks exactly like this. Looking around at the people around you, this was a long time ago. Okay. For one thing... You don't see any automobiles, any vehicles, uh, any really, you know, modern means of conveyance. Okay. But you do see a couple of kids approaching this guy. Okay. You can't hear what's being said, but there is definitely an exchange of words. Mm -hmm. And then he hands each of them a mask. And one of them that he hands to one of these kids looks very similar to yours. Okay. Not the same, but similar. Is that it? That's it. Okay. And then they pull back, and Horace is kind of, like, rubbing her temple. You could warn me when you're gonna do that. That's fair. Mm. You could have warned me when you, uh, came out of the sky to hold me up by my shirt. We both should communicate more. (laughs) Granted. I have anger issues. (laughs) Okay, so... So, how about... What was that? I'm not really sure. So I think that was the teeth guy, maybe? Or someone related to the teeth guy? I wish this magic wasn't so cryptic. Yeah, welcome to magic. (laughs) Eventually Horace does get out of your hair. Okay. You mean she didn't want to stay on my imaginary futon? No. (laughs) She's got a couple of things to look into, but basically she asks... If you hear anything or if you see anything, Mm -hmm. get in contact with her. Sure. You know how to find her now, so you can do that. Mm -hmm. What are you doing with the rest of your day? The rest of my day. I think that at this point, Pyrrha's kind of sick of having everyone come find them. Mm -hmm. So I think they're probably going to pull out the little business card with Todd Roman's Mm -hmm. uh, contact information. And then the letters from their parents and LaRange. And kind of just contact everyone and kind of say like hey i'm i'm doing some stuff and i need some help is pretty is a good start there <laughs> okay sure so who are you contacting first let's do todd roman first okay you call todd and 1-800-TODD 1-800-TODD yes and there is you would expect an answer you would expect like oh hey this is todd i've sure. been hoping to hear from piro there is nothing oh no todd okay so do I, do I have a way to contact Rick and Montel? You do, because they gave you their contact information. Nice, the cool. Let's call Rick and Montel. Sure. Then you actually get in contact with. Cool. Where's Todd? Are you just calling him on the phone at this point? Or you yeah, it was just a phone. Whatever. Okay. So obviously they don't know what you sound like because you're, you're Piro. Yeah. And, uh, famous mime. Yes. Famous. Famously quiet. So the first thing is, who is this? This is... What do you know about Todd? Uh, I am the, the mime that saved Todd. Oh, Piero! Yes. Wow, you said it right. Yeah, yeah, we've been uh, working on that. <laughs> um, have you heard from Todd? I just tried to call him and he didn't pick up. No, actually, uh, we were about to try and find you. Nobody's seen him in, like, like a few days now. Oh my god, okay. Uh, well, this is my address where I am living now, so feel free to come on by and we can talk to Todd. There's a cat. It's actually Rick and Montel knocking on my door. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So yeah, they they uh they beat it over their post 
I'm sorry. Oh, it's okay. To, that's I fine. I would be upset if you didn't. This poor kitten. Come on, Jiggles. Oh, hi, Jiggles. Oh. Know what you want. You want to get in your little bed. <laughs> there you go. She says thank you. Oh. Do you want to come over here and get pets? Wow, what a good jiggles. Okay. Okay. Rick and Montel are in your house, and nice. as they enter, they kind of look around like, mm-hmm. "Wow, this is not what we expected." Right. Not, you know, saying anything, but you can tell mm-hmm. they weren't expecting you to be like squatting in an abandoned house. Sure. And uh, is there furniture in this house? There's imaginary furniture for sure in the okay. house. Okay. Uh, let's say no other furniture. Maybe like sad, like a sad broken chair, and maybe like a like a porch swing that was taken down and is just like in the corner. <sighs> I think Rick takes the sad broken chair, and Montel <laughs> kind of like like sits on the arm of it next to him. Aw. And they go, yeah. Um. So. You know how uh, Todd's been really getting into um, more, like, activism lately, ever since your encounter? Sure. Uh, so he had heard that there was something going on with a bunch, of, a bunch of fragment teens, and he was trying to look into that, and we haven't heard from him since. Huh. Okay. See the events of Apex City PNP. I love it. And they kind of look over, yeah, we're, we were getting a little bit worried. Okay. Have you tried talking to these... Young fragment people about no, Todd? No, he kind of was keeping it sort of close. He didn't tell us anything about that. Okay, interesting. I think he was worried we would get in trouble. And Todd's always looking out for his bro disciples, you wow. know. Wow, what a good dude. What a considerate bro. Yeah, he's like the best. <laughs> <laughs> wow, okay. So I'm, I'm trying to find someone. And I need people who are well-connected to put out some calls for this person. Yeah, yeah. You just tell us who you're looking for, and we'll uh, we'll we'll hit up the the, the tweets. And, I'm and the Insta. Nice. Okay. Good. You guys are the bomb. I am looking for Ruby McNamara. Okay. What do we know about Ruby? They like to smash. I don't know. Do you have any pictures? Um. Uh, yeah, I do. So, and I, I swing through my phone to mm-hmm. first day of freshman year where. Moving in and taking in, uh, oh, moving photo with my roommate. Point to him. That's Ruby. Okay, cool. Uh, and it's all right if we put this up then? Yeah, sure. Why not? In the meantime, while we're working on that, do you think you could maybe help us look for Todd? Oh, yeah, for sure. Okay. And they write down an address, which is actually not super, super far from where you're at. Sure. We don't know, like, who he was contacting, but we do know, like, whereabouts they were going. Mm-hmm. And they hand it over to you. So we don't know if this is, like, related or not, but we do know that this is another thing he was looking into. Apparently there were a bunch of, like, weird people gathering there. So if that's something that you could look into, we can start looking for Ruby for you? Yes, for sure. I would love to do that for my good friends Rick and Montel. Awesome, awesome. We're going to get right on that. Um, Is there anything else that you need? Mm. Do you need, like, groceries? No. Do you? Are you sure? I just imagine the food I want to eat. That doesn't sound I healthy. Would you like some apples? And then I mime apples. That's weird. <laughs> Rick takes one. Montel doesn't. <laughs> and Rick's like, it tastes good, but it's not really very filling. I can, but I can have as much as I want. 
Yeah, but are you getting actual nutrients from that? I don't know. Maybe. I don't really know how this stuff works. They kind of look at you like they're concerned. <laughs> okay. Um, and they and they head out. And within like an hour, hour and a half, you have a, a like an Amazon grocery delivery. <laughs> Aww. What, sw- what considerate bros? <laughs> the, the delivery person looks very concerned <laughs> like, that they're delivering to an, aban- like, an obviously abandoned house, but whatever. I give him a large tip. Oh, an imaginary tip? Yes. Oh, that delivery person is going to be very happy and then very sad. Yeah, it's the best I can do. <laughs> all right, so what are you up to next? Okay, all right, so let's call my parents first, I guess. Okay, uh, so that's obviously going to be a fun call. Oh, yeah, very so, fun. Hello, parents. I think your dad picks up the phone. Mm-hmm. It takes him a second to realize who it is. Mm-hmm. And then he's just very incoherent for a minute. Oh, no. Like, oh my god, are you okay? Where are you? Right. What's, you know, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Once once that has settled down for a minute, it does kind of come back to those questions. It's right. like, first off, where are you? I can't tell him where I am, so I'm not going to tell him where I am. I would like you, because it doesn't seem like this is something that he wants to sort of let go. Like, obviously... Right, he's going to be like, where is, where is my child? He's like... Yeah, so I'm going to need you to roll to provoke someone. Okay, and that's plus... That's plus superior. Superior, and is there anything that... There are... Yes, but I'm not guilty. Everything's fine, that's... That's an eight. Minus two, so it's a six. Oh, that's an eight, because there's a six and a ten. Oh, dang. Six and a four is a ten. Oh, okay, so it's an eight total. Sorry, I had just done the math. No, it's okay. All right, so on a seven to nine, they get to choose one. I think he's just going to air, which gives you a critical opportunity. I think he's going to be like, okay, we'll talk about this later, but... Nice. What do you What do you need? So I know you and mom are concerned for me, and if I could be there, I would, but I can't. You, you can. You can just come home. I can't because that would put you two in danger. I don't care. I know you don't care, but I care. <sighs> Mew, we're your parents. No amount of danger is ever going to be too much for us to be there for you. Okay, but I would like you to not be there, is the thing. You can be there for me by not being there for me. I don't think that's how that works. <laughs> okay, um, I didn't laugh in character. I'm just laughing as a person because this is just so difficult. <laughs> <laughs> it's a difficult conversation. It is a difficult conversation. Okay, so I'm going to like insist that my parents stay away. That's okay. what that's what I'm gonna do here. Okay, I, I think that's one one more one more provoker. Wow, that's a one. That's a one. That's a zero. Uh, Does it matter if I have influence over my parents? Because I do. That gives you a plus one. Okay, cool. So it's a one. (laughs) Cool. So. Good job. All right. I want you to tell me how that goes badly. Uh, He yells at me. He yells at me over the phone and says, Mew, Miranda, Morris, how dare you tell your father what to do? Uh, I am tracking this phone call right now. I don't know. Because <laughs> that's, that's something a theater professor can do. <laughs> Maybe he's acting. Uh, I think, no, I, I like the idea that he gets angry with you. I think, okay, I think that definitely works. Uh. And I think the way that plays out Oh, how hurtful do I want to go here? <laughs> that's, that was a one. I mean, that's a hard move. Okay. So I think I think the way that goes is that he gets really, really angry. Okay. Um, he's like, you can't tell me not to... Just to stay away 
when you're in obvious danger and you're in so much danger that you're trying to call us and tell us that you might not ever come home. You can't expect that. Your friend uh, Ruby has been helping us look for you since day one. It's not just us. It's your whole, your whole community is looking for you. And a few days ago, I was approached by someone who said that they knew that you were running around with a very bad group. Right. And I didn't want to believe him at that time. But I think I think Eric Infernus was right. God dang it. Oh, god dang, Eric. Ruin and everything. And I know... I know that you've been involved with Kopi at some level. I know that you've been involved with a group of, for be- lack of a better word, vigilantes. <laughs> Miu, I don't know what trouble you're in, but if you don't... If you don't at least let us into your life, we're going to have to start taking measures. Measures? To make you come home. To make me come home. Oh, no. Okay. So, that's great. I love that. Um, Does that feel like a powerful blow to you? It feels It feels like a powerful blow, but I also feel like you gave me a lot of information. That it did. Was good. It that did. was good for me. I, it did. Yeah. That was kind of a gimme. Would that, uh, have, would that have hurt? Yeah. I mean, your dad yelling at you probably would True. probably hurt your feelings. Go for it. So roll to take a yeah, powerful take a blow. blow, and I want to. Is it low is better? Do you have, how many conditions do you have, Mark? I have two conditions. Sure. Mark. So it's plus two. So that's ten. That's a ten. That's yeah, ten. Great. Uh, so on a ten plus, you can remove yourself from the situation, uh, flee, pass out, etc. Uh, you can lose control of yourself or your powers in a ter- terrible way, or you can take two options from that seven to nine list: uh, lashing out verbally at a teammate, which I don't. You don't have any here. Uh, give ground or mark two conditions. I can do two of those. You can do two of those. Okay. I want to give the opposition ground for sure. Okay. Um, the other one that you have access to at this point is marking two conditions because you don't have a teammate here. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'll mark two conditions. Okay. There's my pencil. There it is. So you're okay. struggling past the emotional pain. So I will be guilty. That makes sense. And uh, hopeless. Okay. About that. I think both of those make sense. Sure. And what do you do? I guess I apologize to my dad. Okay. That's a that's a good way to start giving a little ground there. I'm sorry, Dad. I should be a better child to you. I don't want you. Uh, I don't want you in danger. Uh, so I guess I'll come home for a little bit one of these days. When? Oh God. Um, I don't know. I got some stuff I have to do for these other people first, but after that. And I think. Uh, given the nature of how this conversation is going, I think he says, don't wait too long. And I think that's where that call ends. I think he actually hangs up. Wow, he hangs up on me? I think he does. Wow. Because that was, uh... That was rough. That was rough. That was rough. <laughs> that was a rough Do you think call. it would have gone better if my if my mom picked up the phone? I don't know. <laughs> I think it might have gone worse, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, so I guess it's I guess it's time to call LaRange. I guess. So ring, ring, pick up the phone, LaRange. Ring, 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 ring. So you basically have to dial through to Kopi. Sure. Um, oh no, she gave you her personal line, didn't you? Are you calling her at work or are you calling her personally? Let's call her personally. All right, cool. So yeah, yeah, you call her personally. And she basically just answers the phone. Oh, hi. Hello. Is it, who is this? This is, this is, this is Mew Morris. Does she know my real name? She knows my Oh, name. yes. Yeah, no, she knows your name. Okay, that's what I thought. Hey, I was hoping you would call me. Hey, what can what can I help you out with? I am trying to find my friend, the one that we had had a conversation about 
Oh, the one that was uh, trouble that you didn't want didn't want our help with. Yes, I would like your help now. Do you mind specifically, or is this a Kobe thing? Uh, just just your help is fine. And then if you feel like Kobe needs to step in, then Kobe can step in. Well, you know that my uh, professional opinion in this is that more help is usually better than less. So if you're giving me the option, I am going to bring in probably the big the big guns. Okay, can you keep the big guns to the to the minimum? The minimum number of big guns? <laughs> so like like when you say minimum number, I think two guns is plenty. I'm thinking I'm thinking more like full containment team full. from what I've heard. That, that's fair. That's fair. I think that's fair. Okay. That's fine. All right. So tell me what you need. Um, I'm looking for my friend. Uh, and if I touch them, and if they touch me, we're both going to be transported to a very scary teeth box, and then a teeth man is going to eat our souls, I assume. That's a lot. That's a lot to take in. It is, it's a lot to live, honestly. Yeah, um, I, can, I can imagine that. <laughs> um, so I guess... Uh, once I have more details on how I'm going to corner my friend so that you can put them in a containment thing, uh, I'll contact you again. Yeah, yeah. So just to let you know, I'm solidly on your side. You tell me where you need a team, you tell me when, and they'll be there. Okay, cool. Thank you, LaRange. This is my address, by the way. You can you hear her typing <laughs> as you do that, and she goes, oh, oh, honey. <laughs> That's not... That's not an address. <laughs> it's my home. I mean, it's an address, but it's not. This is my home now. You realize that we have a whole group of kids that don't have anywhere else to go live in here. It's fine. I like squatting. <laughs> you could room with your friend, Jackie. Jackie. I don't know if Jackie would like that. That's fine. I'll talk to Jackie about it later. Okay, well, you think about it, because <laughs> you don't have to be out there on your own. Oh, well, I had a roommate until recently. Do I want to ask? <laughs> no, please don't. Well, you know I'm here if you ever need to talk about it. I do know. You're a, you're an angel, LaRange. Well, you know, uh, you saved me from getting hit by a bullet in a, in a more sensitive place than I already did. So uh, if anyone's an angel here, I think it's you. Aww. Okay, and then I hang up the phone. <laughs> 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 okay. All right. What's up next for Piro? All right. I would just start drawing up some plans for what I would do for Ruby. Okay. But I don't really know what that looks yeah, like. We don't have to like... go through that in detail. We can just I have like that, that be like a montage of you like, just making plans on paper and cool. assume that they're there. I like that. Okay. We kind of, as you're drawing up your plans, mm -hmm. we move over to that to that little scraplet of paper that had uh, the address for the uh, warehouse that Rick and Montel had asked you to look into. Mm -hmm. And... We kind of zoom in on that, and then we flip a page, and we're at that warehouse. Okay. And then we kind of pan in on that, and we see what's going on inside. Mm -hmm. And inside, we see the six or so people that uh, Horace lost, the ones with the spots all over them. Okay. We, we see that, and we see that they have piled in the center of this a goodly-sized stack of shipping crates, and on top of that is standing a, like, department store mannequin with just, like, black dots sharpied all over oh, it. Oh, no. And then we can kind of see off in the shadows around them, there's probably, like, 10-ish more people that are all just kind of, like, 
sort of kneeling down in uh, oh no what you might call subservience to this and that's where we end that particular issue wow the teeth guy's just never good Masks A New Generation is written for Magpie Games by Brendan Conway. It is made of flesh and bones and teeth. Give it your dollars. It is well worth them. The Baroness is played by Christina. Piero is played by me, Lenny, who eats dice when Jeremy isn't looking. You can find me on Instagram at catfood. William and Furnace is played by Jordan. Darren is played by Nan. Find her on Instagram as Nanjitsu. Apex City is GM'd by Jeremy, who also writes the music and edits this podcast. Our album art was provided by Ash Brandt. Find them on Twitter at Cinder Brandt, on Instagram at Brandt Ash, and on Tumblr at Kimmins. Find us on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever fine podcasts are sold. Follow us on Twitter at Apex City Cast. Thanks for listening.